KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. At least they try hard. That is something that you've heard about this Oklahoma City Thunder team for the first 10 games of the year. And, woo, they got their first blowout loss of the year. It wasn't a... wasn't too fun tonight as the Thunder drop one to the Indiana Pacers on the road, 111-85. to What's up, everybody? I am Brady Trantham, alongside Mr. Connor Ayubi. Yo, yo. Across the glass, Mr. Matt Burton. Across How's from going, the- guys? Oh, we're going, going well. We just watched a very fun and entertaining basketball game filled with a lot of great three-point shooting, a lot of great dunking. Actually, no, scratch that. None of that. That's this boring-ass Oregon-Memphis game going <laughs> That's on been right better. now. Yeah. God, um, I'd the, rather watch that. Yeah, the uh, Connor, the Thunder, um, we, we've heard it all year in, in the first 10 games. Um, they are what they are. They're too talented to be the Memphis Grizzlies of the past few years or the Phoenix Suns of the last few years. Um, they're going to put out a good product on the floor in terms of being competitive, um, uh, making it exciting for the fans. Most of the time. Most of the time. This is an 82-game grind, and it kind of caught up to uh, caught up to them tonight. I mean, the Thunder missed their first. Uh, I believe they. I believe they missed their first five or six shots. They were yep, down ten nothing. The game was. Um, of course, it wasn't over at that point, Connor, but you, you could just tell uh, the Thunder shot making just wasn't going to be there tonight early on. Yeah, absolutely. They, they started off just dead cold. Uh, they had a couple of streaks throughout the game where you know they hit a few in a row, had a few nice possessions. But for the most part, just, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one for the Thunder all around. Three-point shot wasn't falling. Weren't getting a lot of movement, uh, movement with the ball. Weren't getting a lot of movement off ball. Not a, not a lot of great looks all night. And then the defense really wasn't doing much either. Indiana Pacers kind of just uh, put on a show and dominated them. It happens. Long season, but this one was yeah, uh, I mean, not a great sign. The Pacers had won three games in a row, and the Pacers are fairly talented, even without Victor Lodipo, who like who knows when he's going to be able to return. But you've got Malcolm Brogdon. Everybody remembers DeMontis Sabonis and how well his career has kind of grown uh, since he uh, was traded uh, from Oklahoma City to Indiana. And they still have good talent. I mean, TJ Warren looked really good tonight, even though all he did was basically the same thing. Turn around, fadeaway, mid-range jumper. It was just cooking for him. Like, Indiana was just cooking. Yeah, this Pacers team is legit. You know, people might look uh, look at their team and you know be a little suspect that they'll be competitive since they don't have you know Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner. Their their center has been sitting out, but you know the the Indiana Pacers they did it all last year and they've been doing it to start this year. They just get a lot out of their players for the level of talent they have. They tend to overperform, and I think they started off like 0 of four. There was a little bit of worry with the Pacers, but they've rolled off. Like I think I think they they might even be up to six or seven in a row right now, unless they they lost one in there, but. The Pacers are a legit team, and the Thunder just did not hang at all tonight. No, I mean, their their lack of cohesive uh, chemistry, cohesive talent, um, guys that haven't played with each other, you know, for the last few years, new guys that are going through you know, just new responsibility on the floor, and you're talking about guys like SGA, Shea Gillis-Alexander, uh, Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo. You're depending on young guys to do bigger and better things early in the season when they haven't really been asked to do that in their careers thus far. I mean, you're going to have nights like this. Um, I didn't expect the Thunder to win this game. I was a little shocked that they got blown out. But just for those reasons, yeah, I mean, this is bound to happen, you know, maybe once or twice a month. Like, they're still going to be a good competitive team. They're still going to be entertaining to you for the most part. Um, and then especially when you lower your expectations because they're playing the Clippers or because they're playing, um, I, I don't know, LeBron James. They'll surprise you sometimes. They'll surprise you. But yeah. this this type of game, this is a part of the equation. Yeah, when when they're not clicking, it's really apparent that they don't have that you know fallback option to just go back to you know Russell Westbrook or Paul George like they've had in the past, obviously. Um, they they in past games you know when they've gone through small spurts where the offense really isn't clicking they've been able to lean on a little bit the veteran guys that they brought in with Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari to get you a bucket those guys weren't hitting tonight either and you know just without without the cohesiveness like Brady said the ball movement um, there there really wasn't someone that they could just dump the ball to and get them out of that rut 
you know, sometimes that works where if they're on a slow streak for a few minutes, they can they can dump the ball to one of those guys and get him out of a rut. But when the whole team is just not clicking, they, they don't have a guy or a set of guys that they can or an action that they can rely on to keep them competitive in these long, tough games. Yeah, they've got a timeline problem. Chris Paul used to be that type of player that you're describing. He's just not there anymore. And the Thunder don't necessarily need him to be that. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander is too young, and we're still waiting for him to get to a point where he's a little bit more aggressive towards the ends of, ends of games where the Thunder have a chance to win. He hasn't exactly done that just yet, but he's a second-year player. Dennis Schroeder, their other guy that could potentially help win them a game, and in fact, he helped them. Uh, he helped win them the New Orleans game late. He's extremely streaky and hot and cold. For the most part, when you're asking him to win you a game, he's probably going to be more on the cold side. So the Thunder are going to be in that position a lot, and when they have to ask guys to do X, Y, and Z, um, the cream's going to rise to the top. Unfortunately for the Thunder, there's just not a lot of cream. But Burton, um, were you able to watch the first half at all? Uh, I was not. I was working. I was producing a Chisholm and Sam show, uh, answering answering calls for them. It's a dirty job. Someone's got to do oh, it. Oh, yes. Busy man. Yeah. Bless, bless your heart. Yes. But no, every time I looked over at the, uh, at the screen, I told you earlier, um, Malcolm Brogdon was just making a fundamentally sound play. Yeah. I was just That's like, what he does. And I tweeted <laughs> out. I tweeted out. Malcolm Brogdon is... So Virginia basketball, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> if only that can uh, that Virginia fairy dust can rub off on Devin Hall. Although Devin Hall got some burn tonight, he did look terrible at he, the he end got, of the game. He got some but minutes, you know. The point of that, Burton, I was going to ask you. You have as much uh, you have as much experience to call um, who you think the uh, player of the game is tonight, even though you didn't watch the first half because uh, <laughs> there was no player. Yeah. All I know <laughs> is the second half. Yeah, I saw like, my cousin, cousin Burton. Knock down two threes. Yeah, yeah. There they you had go. the play of the game for the Fox broadcast, which I'm sure just watching through the game, there was it was kind of tough to uh, kind of yeah. tough to pick from if they it was just to, a simple layup, you know, hard. kind of up and under layup from Burton. But <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's go ahead and fire up the player of the game real quick. I wanted to get get to something real quick. No, just give me one uh, second. Yeah. Oh yeah, just my, give me one my second. Bad. Yeah, that's cool. No, uh, bl- um, bless uh, the Fox Sports Oklahoma's hearts. Oh, it, it was it was a Connor tough got look. a Connor got a good kick out of this because oh, I, I was dying. Every game, every broadcast, they've got to pick a player of the game, and they just zeroed in on Nerlens Noel, and it just said three blocks, two like two <laughs> rebounds or whatever. It's like ah, it was that kind of night. They didn't even have a point <laughs> total to put up. Like there there was no one that that did impressive. I think Stephen Adams was the only single Thunder player besides Tevin Hall who went one for one. The only Thunder player to get over 50%. Like, no one had any big t- point totals. No one was dishing dimes particularly. Uh, although Chris, Chris Paul did have eight of those, but, you know, he, he was not great tonight. And, yeah, t- they just had to go. They had to fall back on Nerland's Noel with three blocks and two steals. That was what they That was what they flashed He did something exciting. Yay! His blocks were pretty nice. I like Nerland's Noel a lot. Nerland's is he's, good. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's solid. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun backup. He's a nice guy. Have. You can you can lean on him just to just to come in and play his minutes strong and you know he wasn't the issue tonight but you know he's also not going to save you from those issues. Well, he's not my player of the game, but are we ready, Mr. Burton? Now the franchise Thunder player of the game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. I've got to say, my player of the game is going to be Darius Baisley. Whoop! And that kind of gives you an understanding of where this game went. I don't know if Darius Baisley is going to be the player of the game a lot this season. Now, if Chris Paul, Daniel Gallinari, if there's a fire sale, then that opens the door for Baisley to like really put his impact on a on a game. But outside of the, uh, I can't remember was it the Golden State game where he just uh, was like three of five from the three point line. He, he he impacted the game in that way. That's always kind of like an added bonus to the Thunder's overall production. Darius just isn't there yet in terms of putting his fingerprints on a game. But he was basically the only guy that really came and did what he was supposed to do tonight. I mean, SGA struggled. Chris Paul struggled. Gallinari didn't get a lot of opportunities early. Uh, Steven Adams only played 20 minutes. Yeah, and so when, when you take all that into account and you see the way that Darius Baisley played, he, hits, he hit one of the Thunder's three or four three-pointers. Uh, he ran the floor and finished on a fast-break dunk. Uh, he had some good defensive moments. I mean, to me, he was the one guy that actually did what he was supposed to do according to expectations. So he's my player of the game. Well deserved. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a very outspoken Darius Baisley fan, and he he looked pretty solid tonight. You know, didn't didn't go crazy from the three point land, but he was actually you know showing some aggressiveness getting to the rim. Even on the ones he missed, he looked in control of the ball. Uh, in the past, we've seen some times where he you know he'll get into the lane and he'll feel a little bit awkward with it, and he he doesn't know exactly what to do. At least in today's game, he was you know getting to the rim, getting his shots up. 
Uh, didn't finish amazing. You know, he had he had a solid three out of six, one of one of two from the three point line, and. Like like Brady said, they weren't shooting from the three at all tonight. They didn't hit their second three point shot until like the seven minute mark in the fourth quarter. Yikes! They were and, one of ten in the first half. Jeez! And and then they you know they hit a few down for for some garbage time buckets. This looked but, like a Russell Westbrook Thunder uh, Thunder <laughs> team with the three point shooting. If was, Russell Westbrook was the only one shooting, like, <laughs> yeah. which sometimes he was, Connor. <laughs> oh, I remember. I, mean, I remember. Is uh, was Darius your player of the game, or did you have somebody else in mind? There's there's really not anyone else that particularly stood out enough for me to say that they're they're they they deserve the player of the game but you know what I think I'd like to go with a guy that's a little bit slept on he's not going to have many opportunities to be player of the game but the cousin cousin Burton had a solid outing yes, tonight sir. he got he got the most minutes he's played all game 17 minutes you know didn't have an insane point total but he knocked down three out of six from three that's something yeah. see I, I wanted to go Deontay Burton the problem is is when the game was still technically a game yeah, <laughs> um, he Most was he was missing some very bad shots. He was taking bad shots. Uh, he was a little wild with the basketball when he was driving. Um, it wasn't until the game got out of hand and he maybe maybe kind of coincided with the fact that he hasn't played that much this season and he got settled in because like as soon as he walked on the floor, his first possession, he took a three from the right elbow yeah, missed and bad. it was the bad air ball yeah. because it didn't hit rim. Of course, because he airballed it, but it hit the backboard and it just clanged right off. And it, sure, you know. So like when the game was still a game, Deontay was not that great. No, he, he, Once he, he settled wasn't down, amazing. Then, yeah, he he wasn't amazing, and no one on the Thunder really was there. You know, the the only guy that has a, had a positive in the plus minus was Devin Hall, who played just the last few minutes of the game when it didn't matter. Uh, Deontay Burton had some bad bad plays, no doubt, especially early on. But I I did like the flashes that I saw out of him, and he looked like he was a playable guy. Um, you know, they didn't have Terrence Ferguson tonight, which actually ended up being looked like it was maybe a bigger issue than we might have anticipated it to be. They moved Hami into the starting lineup and then Burton and Nader got those backup wing minutes. And Burton's for sure better than Nader, right? Is is anyone um, wavering if, on that? If we're going to do opinions, then yes. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, like... It, I don't want to get too much of a deep dive on the fringes of the Oklahoma yeah, roster, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't the, matter too no, much. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a fair question because at some point when the fire sale does ha if it does happen, these guys are going to play heavy minutes. And like you said, Terrence Ferguson was out uh, tonight for personal reasons. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Abdul Nader, probably Billy has Billy Donovan has uh, the most confidence that he can do at least one thing at a higher level than what Deontay Burton can do. Like, do you, like just think of one thing that they can do. Abdul Nader can shoot threes really well in yep. practice. Like we see him all the time. He looks like he looks like Larry Bird out there. He, he never you, he never has like big three point shooting games though, and it's because he's not taking a ton. It's of because attempts, he's not very good at the same time. He's just yeah, not a very good. If he was a better player, he'd get more minutes. If he was a better player, he wouldn't have been just given to the Thunder from the Boston Celtics. You know, like these things happen. Now, I'm not trying to be insulting to the young man, but it's just the way that it is. I mean, love you, Nader. Uh, Burton. Go in on Burton real quick. I mean, what else can you say about the guy? He's like a left-handed, undersized Draymond Green. He's really cool. <laughs> no, I, I, I no, was... No, um, but I, I... Sorry, I didn't mean, I was, didn't I mean was, to cut you off. No, but no, 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 no. no. I, I like De Deontay Burton um, for the obvious reason. I mean, we have the same last name. But no, I did like him like when he played at Marquette, and then he played at Iowa State. So we saw him a lot here in Big 12 country whenever he played at Iowa State with Abdul Nader. So I, I think I liked him back then. Uh, he's he looked like he's thinned out a little bit more than he than he did back then. Yeah. Um, but no, he's crazy athletic. Um, but yeah, the decision making and shots taken are uh, questionable at times. And that's going to happen with a young player and a player that hasn't got that many opportunities thus far in this season. But I mean, Deontay's really cool. I had a chance to talk to him in the locker room. I believe it was the day of the Golden State game. And I was just, I basically, like, at first I was asking him if he had any takes for the Oklahoma-Iowa State game that was coming up on that Saturday. And he was, he just looked at me and went, oh, are they playing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he's like, I just, I don't care about like football. I don't care about sports. Like I did, he told me, he then just kind of went, went off and told me like, yeah, when I grew up, I didn't care to watch sports. I just played. And then he kind of said something to me that really meant something. He was like, I didn't think I could ever play in the NBA until I got to Korea after he uh, graduated from Iowa State and played overseas professionally. And just to hear a professional basketball player say that was a little like, Half the time, I feel like I don't even belong. He made it. <laughs> Respect.
So, yeah. mad respect to Deontay Burton, but we will get to all the names that you probably Don't remember know. and recognize uh, <laughs> after the next uh, after the next commercial break. But you are listening to the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. I am Brady uh, Brady Trantham, if I can get my name correct. Next to Connor Ayubi, who has a, a similarly hard name to say, but Matt Burton's name is really easy to say across the way, across the bulletproof glass. Uh, you are listening to the Thunder First Take uh, Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Yeah. Yep. It was one of those nights. One of those nights in the NBA where your favorite team just gets slapped right in the face and told, okay, now you've got to leave. Thanks for coming to Indianapolis. Now go home. Yeah. Take that fat L with you. The Thunder <laughs> lose 111 to 85 to the Indiana Pacers in a game that was um, got out of hand quickly. Thunder missed their first five shots. They were shorthanded, of course. No Terrence Ferguson in the starting lineup. He was out for personal reasons. Did make the trip, but the Thunder do have the next, uh, let's see, it's Tuesday. They've got the next few days off. They play Philadelphia at home in Oklahoma City on Friday. Um, so you got to think that maybe Terrence will be back in the starting lineup. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't the Thunder's night. It was their first really big, bad loss of the year. Um, I know they lost to Washington by 12, and that, that was up until tonight their biggest uh, point differential uh loss of the season but that was a game that they had had tied at 83 and then the final minutes the yeah, last and they, four minutes but that's going to happen when you've got a bunch of young guys so it wasn't that surprising it wasn't that damning but this one this is one of those where you just kind of you bury the tape never talk about it again because it's just one of those bad days but Move on but i like matt burton's voice so much and he's so good at his job please that, let me hear it. um i do remember there were other games played in the association so matt take us around that there association Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. Thank you for complimenting my voice. I, I love it. it. So thank you. Sue, beautiful. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right. So round the association just had a final. Philadelphia down to the wire with the Cleveland Cavaliers. 98-97, the 76ers pull it off. Uh, Kevin Love and Jordan Clarkson led the way in scoring for the Cavs with 20 apiece. And Joel Embiid had 27 and 16 rebounds for the 76ers. Don't be, don't be sleeping on the Cavs. No, they're they, they they're a tough squad. out. They do. They, they got a squad. Beeline's a good coach. So. Darius, Gar- Darius Garland had a pretty solid move on Matisse Thibel earlier. Dude. I saw a highlight. And Matisse Thibel's been... Pretty good defensively. Oh, he, he, defensively, he's like three uh, yeah. three steals a game. He's yeah, like defensively he's great. Offensively, it's like, oh, what's yeah. gonna happen now? Yeah, he just needs <laughs> to make open threes, and Matisse Thibel will be around the league for a long time. Just do but your job. Darius Garland <laughs> has got some moves, man. He's he could be serious. He was he was a beast at Vanderbilt in the uh, like eleven games he played. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, yeah, if Matisse Thibel would have fell down to the Thunder, Sam Presti wouldn't have. It wouldn't have taken any time to hand that card in. No kidding. Matisse Thibel, now please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have the Miami Heat are on top of the Detroit Pistons with seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, let's see. Shout Luke out Jerry Kennard, Ramsey. Luke Kennard's leading the way. 17 points. Love to see that. Luke Kennard, Because okay. I am a Duke fan. Luke Kennard had like 29 points the other night. Dude, he's serious. Against Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. He's bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Doing well. And then for the Heat, uh, Goran Dragic leading the way with 17 they have a 13-point lead. The Bulls are up eight on the New York Knicks right now, 70-62 to 62 with eight minutes left in the third. Um, let's see. R.J. Barrett's leading the way for the Knicks and Zach Levine with 18 for the Bulls. Uh, at the end of the first, well, basically in the first 30 seconds left, the Nets are on top of the Jazz, 31-27. And let's see. The Nuggets are on top of the Hawks, 32-25, with 24 seconds left in the first. They need Collins back bad if they're going to stay in that playoff hunt like I think they should be. I mean, all these scores, like what? what is the committee going to vote on Tuesday? Like where are the Thunder going to be? Are they going to <laughs> drop a spot? Ah, <laughs> I don't know. Not are they going to be the first two out? They're like the most average team in the league, potentially. I'm the getting tired of all right this Western middle. Conference bias. The committee doesn't <laughs> respect the Northwest Division. They don't. They don't. <laughs> and then, then lastly, the Lakers are the Lakers and the Suns right now. End of the first quarter. The Suns are up 29-26. Uh, Kyle Kuzma leading the way with 13 for the Lakers. And Devin Booker has eight. The Phoenix Suns are legit. As an as an entire team, until they play the serious. Miami Heat. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that one. 
Uh, but the, the Phoenix Suns have a real team for the first time in about a decade, and it has been they're right. really fun to watch. Check yeah. it, check out a Phoenix Suns game if you haven't. About this year. time. Uh, I mean, we'll give you a shout out, Connor. Go ahead and explain to the the listeners your connection to the Phoenix Suns. Well, okay, I, I'm not. I didn't realize I was supposed to be admitting this on air since this is a Thunder program. Hey, it, you have NBA expertise. Okay, yeah, it so, is valued on this show. Well, I've been a Phoenix. I've been basically a diehard Phoenix Suns fan. I'm not originally from Oklahoma City. I've been a diehard Phoenix Suns fan since I was about eight years old. And, you know, the Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire days. Leandro Stop. Barbosa. Oh, <laughs> Raja Bell, the Brazilian blur. You know, oh, they, you they had a squad. But uh, yeah, so they they were really good back then. And I really liked them. And then uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm loyal to a fault. So I've stuck with them through all their bad times. And then uh, I was lucky enough uh, earlier this last summer to actually get an internship with the Phoenix Suns, which was kind of a dream come true just because, you know, it's my favorite team. And then also working for an NBA team was really cool. Um, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the I wasn't making the decisions. But you, you know, were part of the draft process. I was part of. Yeah, I, I did like a remote internship where I did like some draft Suns fans for them, analytics. So blame Connor. That's why they took Cameron Johnson. Hey, he's been working out, man. That <laughs> man's a sniper. He's been OK. Best shooter in the draft. He, he'll be OK for the next three years. And then he's out of the league because he has no knees. I, I have to be honest that I was not the one who recommended Cam Johnson. <laughs> I was heavy on the Brandon Clark train uh-huh. from the beginning. And he he's I, I wish the Thunder would have ended up with him, though. You know, Baisley has been pretty solid for them. And I can't be sad about that. But eh. Brandon Clark, I think, is going to have a long and, uh, and he's going to he's going to be good for a long time, I think. That was my guy. Well, that was around the association and uh, Connor's biography. Woo, brought you're to welcome. You, brought to you by nobody. Um, <laughs> I guess let's, let's just segue back into the uh, the Thunder's loss to the Pacers. Um, I guess we can get back get into StatCat. I think it's a little bit more. We usually do it in the third segment, I believe. I think it's a little important tonight. <laughs> Cover your ears, Connor. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa. Now, statistically, the Thunder are what they are. You look at a lot of the advanced metrics, and they'll tell they'll give you a good picture as to what you already think of this team. Um, they're too talented to tank, truly. They're not going to be at the bottom of the league, but they're not going to be really be fighting for any playoff spots anytime soon unless things happen, things that we can't foresee at this point in the year. Um, now, Connor, you've been a little adamant about their isolation. Uh, they're just... they're desire to run iso basketball um and iso possessions excuse me in their offense now when you remember that they've got chris paul shay goldis alexander dennis schroeder especially i mean those numbers are going to be up um but good thing for the thunder going into tonight their previous three games were all uh, um season highs in terms of their assists so three games ago they had 26 team assists then it went to 30 and then against milwaukee they had 31 so it seemed to be trending in the proper direction as to what billy donovan uh, the Gallinari, Chris Paul, all tell us when we go talk to them at practice that they want to play basketball the right way. Now, hard hard cut into tonight. Tonight, the ball movement wasn't there. It was just it, it just seemed like they had an idea of we're going to play this way, and the shots are just going to fall. The shots didn't fall, and it didn't work out for them. But that's actually not my stat cap. But I, I know you kind of wanted to dive in that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think the most the most basic way to put it, like like Brady said, the assist numbers were down tonight. Uh, they had 19 total. And an important thing to note from that is that eight of those 19 assists came from Chris Paul. So that's one guy getting into the paint and creating uh, for others. He had a few nice looking passes, uh, a few turnovers tonight as well. But other than that, they had not a single person with more than two assists. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander had zero assists and four turnovers. Um, and all around, just the, the ball movement wasn't there. If you watch the game, it, you don't need the stats for me to tell you this. Uh, they, they were heavily relying on isolation, which they sometimes do when they panic. And they were losing big tonight, and they started to panic, and it wasn't great. Um, but they, they really, from the very beginning, weren't really getting into a lot of sets. There wasn't a lot of off-ball movement, and they weren't moving the ball quickly and often. Like Over the past few games, we've seen some flashes and know that, that team, this team can play like yeah. that and uh, have some success with it a little bit. Um, but my, my go-to stat for tonight, my, my stat cat, which that song was kind of horrifying. They, they told me <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to, I had to take the headphones off for just a second, but, uh, based on, uh, synergy sports, we lo- we looked into it and the thunder in isolation, they are the 19th best team in the league 
but they use the isolation possession the fourth most out of anyone in the league. Yep. So about ten percent of their or about ten percent of their possessions are isolation, but they're below well below average in terms of scoring. For catch and shoot shots, where they're moving the ball, swinging, creating looks off a of drive, swinging around the perimeter, they're the second best team in the league in converting those. Yeah. They've been amazing. They've been they've been pretty hot. They had a bad three point shooting game tonight, um, but. You know, on average, they've been a pretty solid jump shooting team so far. Second best on catch and shoot shots, but they shoot the twentieth most. Mm-hmm. So that you know, as an overall trend for the season, and they've they've taken some moves in the right directions the last few games, and then a step back this game. Um, like I said, when they when they when they start to panic and things start going right, they tend to lean on those veteran guys like Paul and P- Paul specifically Schroeder, who's you know kind of isolation heavy. And then even Gallinari, they force him to play more isolation heavy than I think he would like to. Yep. Um, he's a big reason that they're so effective in catch and shoot. A big reason that they're they're so efficient from the three point line is because he takes and makes a lot of those. But you know he's not an isolation type player. He can get some buckets there, but he's not he's not an isolation guy. So, you know when they start to lean on that heavily, I've I've voiced this a lot in the past. Um, it's just not a fun brand of basketball to watch, and I don't think it's great for the growth all around of this young team. No, because so. basically what you just told me is the, the foundation for the the proper way to play basketball is there. It's they're not going to figure this out overnight. They're not going to like you. You got to look at the season in ten game increments. So they looked a certain way in the first ten games. How are they going to improve upon that in the second ten games, and then so on and so forth? And it seems to me that the foundation is there because you know the thing about advanced metrics that people get turned off by is that you can't simply see a lot of this, these numbers that we're throwing at you. But because those two things are so drastically different, when they go ISO and then they move the ball around, you, that's something that you can see. Like I can see like th- those catch and shoot numbers are high, and I and I know why because when that happens, I remember it because I saw it. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating. I would think from a Thunder fan's perspective of why can't you play? A, play like that every single game just Mm -hmm. swing the ball around uh penetrate you've got talent you've got three point guards that are all you know starter caliber um but my stat cat kind of goes back into the uh the game by game uh topic not so much uh, a stat from tonight but going into tonight sga 18 of 45 in his last three games now from the three-point line what was he five of 12 yeah five of 12 five of 12 so that's not bad but the other thing in three games, in the previous three games, he shot four free throws. He hit he hit all of them, but those came tonight. Four free throws. Four free throws That's in three it. in three games, and this is the Thunder's foundational superstar moving forward. And yes, he's still young, but just like I said, ten game increments. This was the eleventh game of the of the year. I want to see more aggressive Shea Gillis Alexander because when he's getting to the basket, hitting a scoop layup, the offense starts to hum. The defense collapses into the paint, and that's when you see the that ball movement that you talked about. James James Harden rarely goes three possessions without shooting fourth free throws. Yep. So three three <laughs> whole games for for Shea is, again, uh, young, and yeah. maybe these expectations are being thrust on him unfairly too quickly. This is going to be something that's going to be a process down the road. Um, it's going to be a long process, but it's just something to keep your eye on and to maybe hold him accountable if you're a fan. Like, I want to see more out of that because I know he's more than capable of doing so. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, he came out, Shea did, the very first two games of the season and dropped a career high with 26 points in the opener and then another career high with 28 in the second game. And so, you know, right off the bat, Oklahoma City Thunder fans got a taste of, wow, this Shea guy can really play. Yeah. Uh, and he he's continued to do that, no doubt. He's He hasn't... He he wasn't great tonight. Obviously, he had a he had probably this might have been his worst game of the season. It was it was maybe the worst game. It of the was season it was the game where he guys. just did the the least. Yeah, he because Golden State Milwaukee he wasn't anything spectacular, but he still did like he had a good quarter here and there. You know? Yeah, there there was no point where you know he had a, he and he gets a few good plays because he's that type of player where he'll every once in a while make a move and he'll get to the bucket and hit one of his little scoop shots. He'll make a little like toss over the shoulder. Uh, that looks just super awkward and manages to go in because he's a, he's a really good basketball player. Yeah. But overall, as a complete game, yeah, he was he was pretty disappointing tonight. And it's a long season, so don't don't sell your Gilgis Alexander stock or anything like that. But yeah, he that's that's definitely a trend to look at is yeah. those free throws. And you know, hopefully this dry spell doesn't continue too much longer because they they really do need him to be. Uh, they're relying on him more than they probably should, but they're relying on him if they if they want to stay competitive. It's in these better games. for the long term. It's better for the long term. That's what that's what's going to make you go to sleep to sleep at night, Thunder Definitely. fan. That's listening. Um, and I guess an easier stat before we get back to the um, go back to our next break. Um, something that's easier to di- to digest. Danilo Gallinari, eight shot attempts, 
just not enough. No, not he, at all. He usually it feels I feel like his his shot attempt number that I always see in the box score is eleven, and it just hovers around eleven. And I'm still I'll leave the arena going. That's not enough. I always want to see Danilo shooting the ball. Like he started and he didn't. He only he went zero of three from three tonight, and I think he missed most of those early on. So he maybe felt like he wasn't as hot. And they and shout out to Indiana. They did a really good job on defense tonight, and they were they yeah. They've were, got cap- they've got great two way players on their team on oh, their yeah. roster all up and down. Oh yeah, yeah. like he he wasn't going to get it easy. But even if his even if his numbers are bad, like I just I just want to see more shots out of Danilo. And and it is unfortunate because like like we said earlier, they are kind of forcing him to be playing a little bit more isolation ball than he would prefer or he's maybe comfortable with but even in that case like he's still the best offensive player on this team no question and he needs to be taking shots like he's the best offensive player he is a walking bucket he's he's really good yeah he's really good he was almost an all-star last year and deservedly so he's shooting like 40 plus percent from three as he does most years uh yeah and eight shots just you know not going to cut it. Schroeder will get up ten no matter what. It doesn't it's, matter how cold it's he is. interesting to me because the Clippers that he the Clippers team that he played for last year was a similar roster build to the Thunder are now. Now the Thunder are more reliant on younger, less experienced players than the Clippers were, but that was a patchwork roster. Like both rosters are patchwork, and yet Danilo Gallinari was still like you'd look up every night 22 points 26 points 28 points he's not, he's not getting that production right now. And if the Thunder want to win games, they've got to figure out ways to move that basketball. And get Danilo Gallinari the the basketball. They got to get him more shot attempts than eight or eleven. He's a walking bucket. Yeah, and and even with the pretty few amount of shot attempts that he's been taking, he's still putting up eighteen and a half per game. Um, that may have dropped a little bit after tonight. I don't know if this is updated, but yeah, he you know he's like like I said, walking bucket. That man can shoot from anywhere on the court. Uh, he can he can dominate smaller guys on the inside, and he's he's a walking mismatch because he's quick enough to beat the bigs when they switch those on to him. He's mostly playing the four, so that does happen a decent amount. Yeah, I that's definitely definitely a solid stat to uh, to end on. I think for the snap for the stat cat, uh, Danilo Gallinari, please shoot the ball more. If you're listening, <laughs> please just put him up, man. I, I love seeing you shoot. It's always it's always looks like it's going to go in, even when it doesn't. Just put them up for us, please. <laughs> Makes them so much more watchable. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. You are listening to the Thunder First Take post-game show and the OKC82 podcast, everybody. We're forcing it into your ears once again. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Madison Morris, who I'm usually on the air with and I'm always doing the OKC82 podcast with, was a little under the weather tonight. And good thing she got to miss this game because it was rather boring she was from a Thunder, Thunder perspective. Um, but yes, the OKC82 podcast, everybody, just really quick before we get to the break. Um, it's free. We do a reaction show after every single game. Um, Madison, Morrison, myself. Um, it's just OKC-82 on any podcast service, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Like I said, it's free. Uh, we do a, game, uh, a podcast after every single game, home and away. And we have a lot of fun with it. So if you want some Thunder content for your commute to the uh, work the next day, hopefully you jump on with us. But we will put this on the podcast feed afterwards. But yes. Feel better, Madison. Feel better, Madison. Please, please. We need you. She should have had her flu game tonight. <laughs> yeah, she could have come in like MJ tonight and just, you know, put up a career <laughs> maybe the thunder would have uh, Maybe the Thunder would have hit more than one free, uh, three-pointer in, in the was, half. If she would have traveled to Indianapolis, probably. Like I said, 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Connor Ayubi, Matt Burton, I'm Brady Trantham. We'll get right back to the next segment, and we will talk a little Terrence Ferguson and, of course, the Thunder's loss on, in Indiana. 111 to 85. Those were the final numbers on the scoreboard that everybody saw when they watched the Thunder and the Pacers play a basketball game. Sad. And it wasn't really a fun basketball game to watch, to cover, and I'm sure from the Thunder's perspective, not very fun to play. Let's just peruse through the scoring. Steven Adams finished with 10 points and 5 rebounds. He only took 8 shots and played a whopping 19 minutes. Of course, this is his first game back from a left knee contusion where he sat out uh, was it just the one game, or did he set up two? I think he missed two. Maybe even maybe no, even three. He definitely missed two. Okay. okay. They're, they're easing him back into it. You're yeah. probably right. They all bleed together to me. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're easing him in. He'll, he'll get back into shape, but this game, you know, just another... He was out there. Yeah. Danilo Gallinari, like we talked about in the last segment, 14 points. He led um, all Thunder scorers with 14 points. Eight, eight shot attempts. SGA, 11 points, six rebounds, uh, 11 shot attempts. Chris Paul, seven points, and then you get in, get onto the bench. Darius Baisley had eight. 
Deontay Burton led the bench with 13. Uh, Dennis Schroeder did nine. Po- he had nine points. He didn't really do much of anything else. It he just, wasn't creating. Just, yeah, there was just a whole bunch of nothing tonight. Yeah. But one name that is uh, absent from that rundown, if you are unaware, uh, Terrence Ferguson was out tonight. He did not travel with the team. Uh, personal reasons are it was the reason that uh, Billy Donovan gave the media earlier this morning at shoot around prior to uh, tip off. Um, hopefully this doesn't become an Alex Abrina situation where it doesn't pop up here and there. Now, and I, I mean that in a completely um, good-hearted way, and I mean that because I, I don't want obviously I don't want Terrence Ferguson to miss his job for personal reasons because that's probably not fun. Whatever he's going through, I'm sure it's not a fun endeavor so hopefully he can come back to the floor um he is an oklahoma native so we got to root for our own there tulsa native um but in terms of how it affected the game tonight hamadou diallo got the start had some good moments like he like he has been all all season um he's he's figuring it out the uh foundation to be a good defensive player is there and the athleticism is unquestioned um but because diallo had to start the thunder had to dig 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 into their bench and that's where you saw a lot of heavy minutes from abdul nader which is usually not a good thing and then no offense to deontay burton your uh your cousin mr matt burton um ah it's not now not yeah, now you, you don't you don't necessarily want to be leaning on those guys to especially when this bench unit has already been so streaky you know i tweeted out a couple of games ago i think that the bench unit had been surprisingly good and they do have streaks where when they're when they're hitting some shots when Baisley's knocking down from three schroeder's having one of his nights which you know he's he's really hit or miss uh and nerland snowell has just been solid all around for most of the season like they can they can click sometimes and be pretty good but you know hamadou diallo is a big part of that for the bench and yeah when you slide him into the starting lineup, he still he played 22 minutes tonight, which is exactly the same as his season average. So even when he's coming off the bench, he's getting that 22 minutes. He got that tonight. Uh, three fouls early on in the game kind of kept him off the court uh, for a good portion of the first half, which was a little unfortunate to see. Um, but yeah, once once you get into Abdel Nader, uh, the Pharaoh, who you know he hasn't really proven that he's an elite three-point shooter, which if he could prove that, then it makes him a little bit more playable, but he just doesn't do enough outside of that yep. to be a positive uh, when he's not hitting a bunch of threes. And then Deontay Burton was my player of the game, but, you know, he's not going to bring that for you every night. He's not a reliable guy yet. And, you know, we, we like what we see in flashes of him, but when you're having to lean on him to actually be uh, a productive bench player for you, it's it's really not going to turn out. And the the Thunder's bench was pretty horrendous tonight oh, all so around. You, you need to lock the door. Matt Burton's going to like storm in here and like crush you because you're like hating on his family. He's, now. he's getting yeah, angry. I, I can see it. <laughs> no, I, I can t- turn you guys' mics off. He needs a ho- he, need, he needs yeah. a hold me back, Coach. Yeah, <laughs> I really. <laughs> no, I mean, it was going to be a tall task for the Thunder to even win this game with Terrence at full strength. To yeah, where he, they could they he, could have the proper dynamic of Hamadou Diallo bringing his energy off the bench because that's a great role for him at this point in his career. His like he Desmond Mason talked about it in the pregame with Jerry Ramsey and Dave Garrett. Um, he's running and jumping. That's all he's doing. He's running 100 miles an hour and he's jumping as high as he can. And a lot of the times it works well for him because he's probably when he's on the floor he's one of the better athletes on the floor. Even though he's not one of the better basketball players, he can make up for a lot of his deficiencies because of his athleticism. But when you remove that from the bench role that he um, that he has overall, it it forces other people to play out of position. It pl- forces other people to play with diff- different responsibilities. So it was going to be a tough task to go on the road in Indiana to win anyway. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I found out that Terrence Ferguson wasn't going to play, I, I had nightmare visions of what the uh, Pacers were going to be able to do from the perimeter. Now. They didn't really burn the Thunder that bad from the three-point line. No, it was in, in terms awful. of shot volume. Yeah. They shot a great percentage, but really it was just the mid-range. Yeah, they killed him. Killed him inside. And you know, Ferguson, what you you miss you miss out on what you miss out on him with is uh his defense first and foremost and fighting put, through screens. Yeah, throwing him on Brogdon and just being that aggressive guy who was there in front of Brogdon preventing him from like Burton said earlier in the in the show that Malcolm Brogdon just makes really smart basketball plays all the time. And if you have someone like Ferguson who's going to be able to pester him throughout uh, the game, keep him from getting as comfortable as he was able to get tonight, that could have made a could have made a difference. Uh, you know, Ferguson is the fifth starter in this Thunder lineup, and having him on the court, they they still probably wouldn't have won tonight. He wasn't going to be like the difference maker, not going to score twenty or anything like that. 
But, you know, Hamadou Diallo really just does fit in better with the bench lineup than he does with the starters. Uh, what they look for from Ferguson is his defense first and foremost, but then he also has that pretty capable three-point shot where he'll hit him when he's open and space the floor a little bit. Hami has yet to prove that he can do that at all, and he only took one three tonight, which is, you know, I don't want him to be taking more, uh, but he kind of erases that facet from the starting lineup, which makes the spacing a little bit different, something they're not used to, and then off the bench is when they're able to, you know, he cuts a lot. He, that's something he, that he's really developed this year. He used to be primarily like a transition player. That's where he'd get most of his buckets. But he's been doing a really good job of cutting really hard to the basket and getting those dump-off passes and finishing. So I like him in that role. But with the starters, he's just not being looked to as much. So he's not able to give us those sort of highlight plays that we're used to from him sometimes. And yeah, he, this was one of his you know less impressive games compared to when he's off the bench. He generally tends to be performing really well. He's been one of our favorites early on in the season for me and Brady I think yeah I mean is it is it hot takeish even at this point to say something to the effect of Hamadou Diallo I think his ceiling is higher than Terrence Ferguson I'm on board with and that, for I sure. I thought that even at parts last year when Hami was a rookie and Terrence was a second year player and a primary starter for the first time I it's just something as simple as when Hami has to put the ball on the floor I have the confidence that he knows what he's doing. Now, sometimes he might bulldoze into somebody and get a bad offensive foul, but he at least drives with confidence. Terrence, when he puts the ball on the floor, it like I don't know what he's trying to do. Good things don't often happen when he's putting the ball on the floor. Because he'll move he'll move the bat he'll either shoot or move the basketball, but it's not the proper way to move the basketball because you're just moving it to get out of a trap. Yeah, he yeah. he's not a creator. He's not someone that really you know, he's there and he fills a spot pretty well on this team. He's he's not like a bad starter um, for this Thunder team. He fits in pretty well with their unit and he's a good, he's a decent complimentary player. Uh, but de- I definitely agree with that. In terms of upside, Hamadou Diallo definitely has much more star potential, uh, has more potential to be sticking around and being an impactful player in this league for a really long time than I think Ferguson does because he's yeah. really more a three and D guy who's not amazing at the three or amazing on defense. Like he's, he's a good defender. And like I said, he's pesky and he gets out there. You can see improvements that he makes. You can tell that he's watching film and you can tell that he's trying to apply what he sees in the film room onto the floor. Yeah. You don't see that from every player, especially a young guy like, like Hami. Yeah. And, and I think that for both of those guys, because Hami, Hami also has been pretty solid on the defensive end. Like, like I've said uh, in one of the articles I wrote uh, like last week um, on the the franchise. Okay. By the way, the franchise. Check it out for sure. Uh, is that I really like the depth of this, uh, these Thunder perimeter defenders. You know, they don't have one guy who's a standout like they did when they had Paul George, like they did when Andre Roberson was still playing. Robertson was still playing. Uh, but they, they do have a lot of different guys that they can throw different looks at different players, depending on how the matchup works. And Hami and Terrence have both proven that they can, in certain situations, be really effective on defense. But neither of them are at the point yet where they're that lockdown guy. And Maybe Ferguson has a little bit of a step on Hami right now in terms of defense. You maybe rather have him, but it's not enough to where they're playing Ferguson to close the games. Hami's the one that's closing games for these guys. He's closed games a few times. I mean, a lot of the times they'll just he'll just throw the three guard lineup with Gallinari and probably Steven Adams. Yeah, or, or at least like coming down the stretch is what I what I should have said. Yeah. He's not necessarily like the one that's in when the buzzer sounds, but they're not playing Ferguson under six minutes, pretty much. I don't know if Ferguson's really played at all in a close game down the stretch with under six minutes, but Hami's been getting uh, at least some looks in that spot because the, and they trust him. Even if he's not at the same level as Ferguson on defense, they trust him enough to check those guys, and then his offensive upside is enough that it makes him more playable than Terrence is like down the stretch when you when you need to get a stop. Yeah, no, it's you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. I mean, the, the thing that Terrence has on Hami, at least at this point, it's easy to see. It's just he has the he has a savvy a savvy understanding of how to when he can initiate contact, when he can run through contact and get away with it. Like he has that understanding. That's something that takes time. And yes, Hami's a second year player, but the difference is, is when Terrence was a second year player, he started. Yeah. And he got a trial by fire. And so he had to learn quickly. If Hami was put into the same situation, he probably would have learned all that stuff at the same rate. Yeah. But, and I'm, I'm glad that we're not having, or the well, Thunder aren't having to do that no, and throw him into the starting lineup. Not at all. That's a tough situation. I, yeah. Because even last year when when Hami had to start, I think he, I know he started the Sacramento game on the road where the Thunder lost like 138 to 135. It was like just a straight track meet. Buddy Heald got hot at the end as he does. 
Boomer Sooner, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, it's again like this is a game the Thunder lost one eleven to eighty five. If you were living under a rock or if you couldn't watch or listen for whatever reason, um, it was just the Thunder had a chance maybe as the first quarter ended going into the second quarter. The second quarter it got out of hand. I mean, the if you look at the quarter by quarter score scoring breakdown, it just it was just never in the cards tonight. No, and and when they went down, they went down about fifteen points with a few minutes left in the second quarter, and I was like, oh god, they're gonna have to cut this down before halftime or else they're screwed because yeah, and and you know they cut it down a little bit. They were down ten at halftime, but it really just felt like they weren't going to win this game and it was on the verge of being a blowout and as we've seen through the first uh few games for the thunder through this opening part of the season their third quarter performance has been consistently awful like really bad i think they're 28th in the league in third in their their differential in the third quarter while they're much better than that if you look at the overall game yeah and yeah it was i mean again like you expected at this point that they're going to come out of halftime flat and not be able to keep up the other team's going to go on a run and they'll have to fight back. And this time they were already in a deficit coming into the third quarter and it just got worse and it, it was way too much to even get close to come back. From. It's interesting because I can't remember how this aged during the season last year, but I, I remember because I wrote it. I wrote this article for the franchiseokay.com last year in the first half of the year. The Thunder were one of the best third quarter teams in the league, and it was one of the reasons why they would win a lot of games. They would be down you know, single digits, maybe 10 points, and they come out and outscore their, their opponent in the third 38 to 20. Yeah, not what and, we're seeing this year. <laughs> and a lot of that just comes from like Russell Westbrook's tenacity, Paul George hitting three um three pointer after three pointer. I mean, the guy would take ten or eleven three pointers a game, and during that point of the year, he was hitting about north of forty percent of them. So that's gonna happen when you come out of the locker room. I mean, this is just a team that's still trying to figure things out, and it's not always gonna be the same blueprint every single game. There's gonna be games like this. There's gonna be games where, you know, who knows, the um uh, the, the Lakers can come to town two Fridays from now and the Thunder beat them by 25 points. Like it's the NBA. There's 82 of these games. Silly things happen. Any but, team can beat any other team. Yeah. On any night, you know, and but I'm honestly, I'm honestly, you know, I think it's a pretty pleasant surprise that the Thunder, um, haven't gotten a bad loss before this. The Washington wizards game was a bad loss in terms of they lost by 12, but that was a game that was very winnable throughout the entire game. You didn't know which way it was going to go. Um, with four minutes left, they had the game tied, and it was anyone's ball game. And then they just fell apart and lost by twelve. Allowed like a fourteen to two run, which yeah. is just oh my god. Now what scares me, and like this obviously changed today, but um, yesterday I got I got the stat on Twitter. Uh, the Thunder were the only team below five hundred in the NBA that had a positive net rating. They were just above Houston and Portland for the uh, final two teams that had a positive net rating. Then you get into the negatives. So what does that tell you? It tells you well they're the perfect tanking team. They're, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're not going to get blown out and they're going to be competitive and they'll win their fair share. Everybody's happy, right, in that situation. <laughs> Most but people. then you dig a little deeper. Uh, they've yet to win a road game. Yeah. Um, their wins were against teams with a combined record of 33 and 47. And they've basically lost to all the good teams that they've played. Yeah, they're so how does, far. how does this age? Because, like, uh, Mr. Burton, do you've got the Thunder schedule up for the next few weeks? Because it's not pretty. Especially the way with the I can't no- just give me a yeah yeah with the way November rounds out like that stat with that understanding I don't know how this is going to age and d- is there a snowball effect because these are young guys that young younger players are emotional and when things are going bad you know it's it's harder to you know do that extra rep to run that extra mile to listen to your coach when they're barking at you to do this thing even though it hasn't worked for the first three quarters. You've got to still run the offense. You got to still run your defense. That's a that's definitely a great point. And yeah. uh, the, one of the things that people have been really excited about the Thunder is that they've shown effort every single game. But through the first few games, they've been mostly competitive, and their schedule hasn't been insanely hard. And did you did you want to run us through the uh, yeah? What, go ahead. Oh yeah. Up uh, just up until I'll go up until uh, December first. So we got next game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Yikes. Uh, not not bad. Uh, the L.A. Clippers. Yikes! On the 18th, uh, the 19th, and the 22nd, the the Lakers back to back. Yikes! 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 Uh, the Warriors again. It seems for like the fifth time this season. On the 25th. Hopefully a win. Hopefully a win. Uh, the Trailblazers on the 27th. That'll be tough. And then back to back the Pelicans on the 29th and December 1st. Yeah, the the only game that I could see the Thunder have a very very good chance of winning is the Pelicans on the 30th. Um, I mean, I know how bad Golden State is. Um, I know they're hurting. A lot of players are out. 
Maybe Draymond Green is back for that game, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> I, I think what you're is, a little high. What does that even do? But I mean, this is a Warrior squad that damn near beat the Thunder at home yeah. after being down 17 going into the locker room, and then D'Angelo uh, Russell did his thing in the third quarter, made it a game, and the Thunder had to rely on Mike Muscala to save them. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like the, I think that the Thunder really had that game in control for most of it. The Warriors had a big third quarter, as every team does against the Thunder, but then the Thunder came out in the fourth and basically had a stretch of five minutes where they extended the lead again and then basically put it away. So yeah. at, the Warriors game should at least be, you know, the, I, I could Compared see Compared to everything it. else, yes, it's 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 on the winnable side of it's the fence. It's on the winnable side of the fence, but yeah, the, the Thunder are currently on a two-game losing streak. They'll have the 76ers, Clippers, Lakers, Lakers. So that could very easily become a six-game losing streak real quick. And that's where things get a little bit testy for this team, I think. Uh, that'll be something that they're going to have to prove that they can maintain their levels of effort, maintain their levels of fight, and their mentality coming into each game when they're coming off a potentially long losing streak. Because they haven't done that yet. I don't think they've lost more than... Uh, I think maybe they lost three in a row, but you know, all of those were close fought wins. So if they if they had a blowout tonight against the Pacers, if they see a couple more blowouts against four championship contenders that they're facing, 76ers, Clippers, and then Lakers twice, um, it, it could get potentially ugly. And I think that it'll be an interesting mentality game, um, especially when they face after those four, they'll have Warriors, then Trailblazers, then Pelicans, Pelicans. Pelicans have not been very good this year. So I think that they really need to come out and perform well in that four game stretch and prove that they're not going to let, you know, potentially a few consecutive losses get to their head too early because we knew coming into the season they're probably not a playoff team maybe a borderline playoff team if they make a push maybe a bubble team um but i think that it's, it's really going to be up to chris paul and danilo gallinari and steven adams and the veterans in the locker room to make sure that the young guys are having their headspace right because this is the first time the thunder have been bad in a decade so no one's used to it no question i mean the snowball effect is what everybody's going to be afraid of with that slate on the schedule so uh, uh mr burton any final thoughts, any final words on tonight's game or just the Thunder overall before we get out of here? Um, just, hey, I said whenever Paul George got traded, let's tank. <laughs> so I, 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 am, I, I am a fan of, uh, you know, I'm a fan either way. If they win, I'm glad because I'm a Thunder fan. If they lose, then, hey, draft, draft picks get better. We're up against it, but is there a Zion Williamson in this draft? There has not been one uh, so far. There's a few guards that are pretty pretty high up in this draft. So no. The guy who we thought was going to be the number one, uh, Wiseman, I believe, yeah. early on, he's, he's n- potentially getting suspended by the NCAA, which is ridiculous, and That's we probably big, don't yeah. have time for that. But uh, there, there has not been a Zion Williamson. And I'm going to be honest, just really quickly, uh, I am not fully on board with the tank for the Thunder. I think this is a competitive team, and they should try and win every game that they can, like the players and the coaches will be doing. But Sam Presti has proven in the past that he's able to draft really, really well, even when he has picks in the teens. So we're going to be in the lottery regardless. Let's win some games, make sure we're developing the young players and trying to get them, having them playing winning basketball. And, you know, we'll do the, the best that we can with the draft picks. And now we have a lot of future assets where if we really, really like a guy that's early on, we can t- potentially pair a, th- a few things to move up. Like maybe they end up with the 11th pick and they can pair the 11th and a future pick to move up and get someone that they think might not be available past number five. So I don't think that losing a bunch of games is necessarily something to root for. Not the end of the world if the Thunder aren't winning every single game, which they aren't going to. But yeah, I'm, um, I have to say I'm not fully on board the tank just yet. Very tongue-in-cheek, by the way. I got you. I got you. There you have it. That was Connor Ayubi. Across the glass, Mr. Matthew Burton. I am Brady Trantham. You were just listening to the Thunder First Take postgame show and the OKC82 podcast. So everybody out there in podcast land, if you got a smartphone, go ahead and subscribe to it. It's a lot of fun. We have uh, we enjoy doing it, Madison Morrison, you. myself. Um, yes, I am Brady Trantham. Like I said, the Thunder lose to the Indiana Indiana Pacers, one eleven to eighty five. It was as ugly as it sounds. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to one hundred seven point seven, the franchise, one hundred seven nine Tulsa. We'll talk to you later.